Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we take your mind out of reality and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo. Hello, everybody. We're back for another installment of Never Stop Getting a Podcast. Again, two in a row, we have a special guest. But before we get into that, John Scott, how you guys doing? I can't wait for this podcast because we have a very special guest today. So I am doing fantastic, beautiful day out there, and great day to never stop getting it. Let's go. That's it. You're supposed to throw it to me, John, but... Well, Scott, how about you? Scott, yeah, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I, and and we do have a special guest, but we're all special every day anyways. <laughs> but we're going to, I'm excited. Um, this is actually my first one that, I, besides Todd, that I've been able to, to show up on and uh, be a part of the special guest part of it. So I'm excited. That's it. So without further ado, our guest is a great one today. At 15 years old, he had an accident while playing hockey for his high school team that left him paralyzed from the shoulders down. He's a graduate from Stonehill College, co-author of the book Line Change, and he's a participant in the Boston Marathon Marathon for eight years, now with his running mate, Lucas Carr. He's the founder of the Matt Brown Foundation to support people with spinal cord injuries in Northeast Massachusetts. Matt is also a motivational speaker to high schools, colleges, and professional organizations about dealing with the challenges and change and overcome adversity. So, Matt, it's truly a pleasure to introduce you as a guest and never stop getting a podcast. How you doing today? Good, guys. Thank you. I, um, that introduction was um, just send the invoice because that made me sound a whole lot better than <laughs> and, a, and a whole lot more busy than I am. But uh, that was great. Thank you. Awesome. So, uh, what have you been up to? You staying busy? What's going on? Staying busy. Finally got out of the heat wave uh, that was last week. Oh my God. I, uh, every time you, you went outside, you felt like you were melting. Um, just got off our, uh, just finished our second golf tournament for the foundation um, in the middle of July. Uh, now we're just gearing up for the Falmouth Road Race uh, on August 21st. That's going to be great. Great things happening with the foundation. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? What, what was, the, you know, from the beginning, let's start with uh, school. What were you, a sophomore, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So growing up, you know, North's a small town, uh, you know, 30,000 people. Um, I went to school just maybe um, elementary school. I could walk to school each, you know, to and from each way. Um, middle school, I, I participated in uh, Babe Ruth and, and, and Little League. And when I got to middle school, it really became uh, hockey was um, really the center of my life. And the motto, eat, sleep, hockey, really became um, er- true in every sense of the word. Um, and when I got to high school, I, uh, you know, when you're growing up, going over to the high school hockey games, when you're, when you're a kid, you you look at those high school kids where first grade, second grade, but you look at those seniors and juniors as if they're professional athletes, you know, your nose is pressed to the glass, uh, just falling in love and just, you know, wanting to mimic them when you get up there. So that was the goal when I got into, um, uh, high school. And uh, it's safe to say that during my freshman year, I had no noses pressed against the glass watching me at my games. <laughs> um, I, I spent the year on the uh, JV and really kind of just went through the motions, um, you know, just happy to be there. But I remember at the end of the year giving it a look back and thinking, 
I really want, you know, to give it more of a shot, you know, going to sophomore year. So that summer I, you know, I worked out and, um, uh, all through the fall, I made sure I was ready. And, um, I remember a tryouts the Monday after Thanksgiving, I had an absolute pit in my stomach. I was so nervous and, um, I survived Monday's cuts. I survived Tuesday's cuts, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And, you know, you go into Friday, you think you look around, you think, man, I, I made it. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of, at the end of the tryouts on Friday, I made my way to the bulletin board and saw that my name was one of the last three that were um, crossed out. So I was devastated. Mm. Um, I uh, remember getting on the bus, the bus ride home and not talking and uh, getting home and, and uh, seeing mom and dad and they, they look at me and they don't, they don't even need an ounce. They can see it on my face. Mm. We had a brief conversation and I told them that, you know what? Hockey's not for me. I, I want to quit. And they were, Totally, you know, understand that they knew I was upset. You know, they said they would they would support me in any decision that I made, uh, but to make sure I think long and hard about it. And before I even reached the top step going upstairs, I realized, you know, quitting is not going to be an option. And I realized again that I couldn't just hope to make the varsity team. I was going to need to work and work hard. So I got, I, I changed my mindset and started shooting pucks um, after school every day, running and. Um, even eating better and before you know it, the hard work paid off um i started to work uh practice practice with the varsity team after uh the games with the jvs that led to practicing them with them normal and finally i got um i got the invite to meet coach after school one day at the athletic athletic department and um grab a jersey mm-hmm. and i, I was going to be in the lineup i was in the lineup for walpole um we, which we won in the lineup for Natick, which we won. And then um, I was in the lineup for Weymouth uh, on January 23rd, 2010. And with with each game, I felt like I got stronger. I was more excited. Confidence. So so we were really excited that this was going to um, you know continue. And it was a late afternoon game on Saturday afternoon. So the boys were excited to go down there, you know, do our job and, Saturday night, it's get together after and see mm. see what kind of trouble we could get into. That's it. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Stop getting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if I'm if I'm rambling, then you can just you can no, cut me off. No, 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 that your story is is uh, is great because obviously uh, anyone who knows about hockey knows the kind of commitment and what it takes. Um, and, and the way of life that you sort of end up with, you know, when it comes to, to hockey, because, you know, and it, w- most of the hockey players who are successful had started, started off young, you know, and they, they just sort of lived with it. You know, you're living at the rink practically, oh, sure. you know, you're getting up at four in the morning to get to practices and, 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 and all of everything that goes into it, obviously, you know, the whole teamwork aspect of it is, is huge too. So that must've been such a great accomplishment for you to to make the varsity team at that point. Yeah, and especially you know just for the love of the game, I I think it's I think it's the best the best sport out there. It's the fastest, um, grueling, grueling, and but you, you do it for the love of the game. You mentioned those four a.m. wake ups for the five thirty practice. Um, it it was all worth it. So when I finally got that call up. And to you know to take the ice with the varsity team and and see those kids that were 
in elementary school with their noses pressed up against the glass, you know, watching us. It it was really cool. It was really cool. So then we, um, so then the game, you know, like I said, it was four uh, afternoon game. Um, I was feeling stronger with every, uh, you know, with every game and, and every period that passed. Um, so when the first period started and I realized, man, I do not have my A game right now. Um, it was a little, it was a little weird. And uh, for the first, for the first period, um, no simple play was simple for me. I, mm. I pucks were bouncing off my stick. Um, one of the players on our line would sit while another kid would jump up with us and try to spark something. I would get benched for a shift or two while someone else would try to spark something. Um, and it was just about trying to figure out what was going on. And after the first period, we were lucky to be down, you know, only a goal. And as, as we skated off the ice, the coach was trying to light a fire under us. And um, I don't think a single person wanted to go into the locker room uh, mm. to hear what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, when we finally got in, I, looking back on it, I don't remember really anything from that intermission. I just knew that he was trying to get us going. And before I knew it, you know, looking back, we were back on the ice. Mm. Uh, the second period started the same way as the first. Uh, that was the way the first ended with me sitting uh, with, two, with the other two boys skating and vice versa. And finally, about halfway through, we turned and looked at us and said, now go do something. Mm. So I said, okay. So made my way down the bench. I hopped the boards and I saw that the puck was starting to um, go into our defensive zone, cross the red line, cross the blue line, and make its way into our defensive zone. So as a forward, I skated after it. And I guess technically you can say I was out of position, but as a first guy back, I made the decision that I was going, I was, I was going to go for it. And, uh, and as I went around the net, the puck uh, bounced off my stick, bounced off the back of the boards and came back between my feet. And at the same time, um, I felt the player from the other team kind of converge on me. We collided I lost my footing, went headfirst into the boards. Um, and one of the first things that you're taught in hockey is that when you get hit, you get back up, you get back in the play. Mm. That way you don't right. leave your teammates out of position. You're not out of position. So I sent that message to my body, but nothing happened. Mm. I tried again. The result was the same. Mm. And I started to panic. One of the strangest things about the, uh, the, the incident was that I hit at my parents' feet. Oh, so going back, going back all the way to mites, you know, you know, learn to skate. The dads would be against the glass, and the moms would always be up in the stands, both cheering just as hard. But um, you know, the moms were together, and the dads were together. And my mom was actually late to the game that day, so she, so she stopped by to check on my dad, see how the game was going. And she'd only been there, you know, a few minutes. And so when I hit the boards and I looked up. My dad's face was the first thing that I saw. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, there was some panic and, um, you know, the, the game stopped and I kind of, like my body kind of just shut down and kind of blacked out. When I came to, I had the uh, the mother of one of my best friends trying to cut off my chin strap. I looked around and I saw that there were a lot of feet and a lot of legs on the ice, which kind of let me know that this is serious. And then I saw that my the bottom of my mom's jeans were wet up above the ankle. So that let me know that she'd been on the ice for some time. That's when I knew it was really serious. Um, the ambulance came. Um, I got I got you know wheeled off in the stretcher. And you see on um, 
in, in professional sports and college sports, when someone's hurt on the field or the ice, you know, when they're getting wheeled off, they raise the fist or, mm-hmm. right. or thumbs yeah. up. Right. And it was dead quiet um, while I was hurt. Uh, you could hear a pin drop on the ice. But when I got wheeled off, everyone erupted in a cheer. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to show my appreciation. Um, and I, and I, I couldn't raise a hand or I, I couldn't raise a, raise a thumb. Um, and when we got into the ambulance, you can imagine I was looking at the top of the ceiling thinking, you know, what just happened? What's going on? Um, is this even real? Even even real? Um, and the ride from the rink to social hospital took, you know, what seemed like hours mm-hmm. because because my neck was so unstable. We had to, you know, avoid hitting any pothole, any speed bump. Um, and we get into the emergency room and it was nothing but, you know, organized chaos. Nurses and doctors running around. My parents are back with me. We have friends and family starting to show up. Um, it's, it's, it's just all thinking like what's, what's going to happen. And, um, there was a point where I think my dad realized that this was bad. Um, I was on the, I was on the, uh, on the stretcher in the ER with nurses and one of the nurses stepped away and my arm fell off and was just hanging there. And my dad describes it as it looked like just a belt, just hanging in a closet, just floating there. And that's when he lost his composure and mm. had to turn away. And my mom turned around and snapped at him and said, got to hold, got to hold it together. Right. Mm. Um, right. It's true. So at that, yeah, at that point, children's hospital was already notified. Um, that, you know, social hospital was not going to be able to, you know, take care, take care of me. They were going to come down and get me. Um, at this point I was given, um, a lot of meds that basically put me to sleep and I was intubated. Um, and I really woke up at children's hospital, you know, five days later. Well, that is amazing. It's tough to say anything about that. I mean, yeah. that's a talk about, you know, like you said, you're having a bad day to begin with playing hockey. Nothing seemed to be going right. I mean, you think that's the worst it's going to get. And then all of a sudden something like that happens. <clears throat> Just a bad hit. Yeah. A mistake, and- you know, and it was, well, what was it really a mistake or was it was it a clean hit? It, it, it was a complete accident. Like we're um both of us were playing um the game the way the game should be played. Oh good. You know, hard, fast, and uh we just collided. Um as we you know, each reach as we each got to the puck. Um I lost my footing and just couldn't, you know, put my hands up before I hit the uh before I hit before I hit the boards. Wow. So after all that happened, obviously the uh the PT must have been incredible, you know. Would you, you end up going to the Shepherd Shepherd Center? So I was so I was at Children's Hospital for uh, about three weeks. Um, during there was, you know, I kind of hit my low. Sure. I um, I asked why a lot. Mm. You know, why did this happen to me? That's my next question. Right? What did I do to deserve this? Um, and about when I was at my lowest, um, you know, we we really started to get. Uh, family, friends, and messages from around the uh, from around the state and and actually the world coming in, which which was amazing. Um, and it was around that time that something clicked that I you know I made a decision that it was that I'm going to work. You know I can't look you, you can't look behind us. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. can't look behind us. Can't change what is, what happened, no matter how much I wanted to and how much I still want to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time to, you know, look forward and work as hard as I can for as long as it takes uh, to beat this and set a goal. But, you know, I'm not, which I've done for the last 12 years, is I'm not going to let this injury define the way I live my life. It's going to be, I'm going to do the things that I want to do. And um, sure, you have to do it a little differently. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, but it's on your terms, though. Yeah, exactly. And then, and after that, we found the Shepherd Center in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, there was talk about going to Spalding. At that time, Spalding was more uh, head injuries and strokes. They have a great physical therapy program now. Um, so we ended up going down to uh, Atlanta. And, that, and of course, hearing that after three weeks and seeing friends and family and every day, it's like, am I going to lose all my support right. uh, going down to uh, Atlanta? And looking back on it, I was foolish to think that because um, I had friends and family and visitors almost every weekend. Yeah. And, and and that was the kind of stuff that kept me going because I was I, I didn't know how long I was going to be down there for, but I was down there you know, from mid-February to beginning of May. And I was really sick when I first got down there, uh, really sick. Our, our blood pressure was super low, couldn't regulate my body temperature, Um. So I needed all like the uh, all the sport I could get. Yeah, that's one of the best places to go too. There's, like a lot of famous sports people go there. Uh, Scott and I, big wrestling fans, and that's where Lex Luger ended that's up going. Luger. Yeah. So yeah, once I heard that you went there, that's one of the top notch places. You know, and if you're going to get better, that's the place to do it. it. You know what I mean? And um, one of the one of the greatest things that, about that place was that they, they had an adolescent floor. So Ooh. so I was 15 years old. Surrounded by kids from right. 12 to 19, mm. just got hurt, you know, varying different injuries and, and levels. But all of us going through the same thing. Yeah. So we could, uh, we could easily, you know, um, you know, on each other's shoulders. Yeah. 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 Bounce questions off each other, mm. check in with each, check in with, check in with each other. Um, and, and it, it was good. I, uh, you know, one of the things that, it kept me going down there was that, you know, taking the key, taking the key classes, learning about everything that was going on with my body and what happened when my head at the boards and uh, the different physical therapy that I was getting. It was, um, it was, I didn't, I had to learn how to live in a wheelchair. I had to l- learn how to live in it for now. That might not mean it'll be forever, but the quicker it, that I can understand everything that was going on with my body and, and what to look out for um, and, and, and what, and what to do, it was going to make the transition period a lot easier, Absolutely, a lot yeah. easier. So the biggest thing was, you know, it might not be forever, but I got to learn how to, how to live in it for now. Right. That's, a, that's such an inspirational story right there. And uh, obviously you can look back now and you, you remember what happened and how you felt and, and the turning point, you mentioned it, there was something that sort of clicked. I mean, what do you credit for that? Because again, you know, such a great story to be able to, to, to be at a place where you were and then to cross over to another place to have the kind of attitude that you have, again, inspirational. But what do you really credit as the reason why you were able to do it? Was it just you yourself or were or, or were there other factors and, and reasons why you were able to say enough's enough i'm going to have a different attitude i'm going to change and, and and move forward in a totally different way 
That's that's a, that's a good question, and it's. I think it's a majority of things. Mm-hmm. One one that one that the support, um, you know, knowing that I was not going to go through it alone, that I had friends and family um, that were going to be there by my side. You know, my dad's one of eight, my mom's one of six, so mm-hmm. lots of aunt, lots of aunts and uncles, lots of cousins. Um, but but I have a friend, you know, my hometown friend group. Um, one of the things that they they told that shepherd they said at shepherd was that we've seen this. Um, the friends are close now, you know, six to 12 months, mm. they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to leave and it's going to get tough. And you know, for me, I'm lucky, but that hasn't been farther from the truth. We have friends that watch the Patriots games, you know, every Sunday there's 12 of us, um, a group message of 15. Uh, and, and this is, these are high school friends, you know, 10 years after we graduated, they haven't left. Mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, and that's one of the things that definitely, you know, wanted me to, uh, kept me going. But then another thing that clicked was that if all these folks are here for me, they want me to get better. They're going to help me get better. Who am I to stop now and quit now right. when, when I have all these folks behind me that are there to help me. And, um, uh, so right. it was kind of like a kind of like a mix and match, you know. You know, they leaned on me, and uh, or I leaned on them a lot. Um, but they they are the ones that kind of picked me up and said, "It's time to go. Let's go." And that's that's for me. Listening to this is is like we're here to to get your story out uh, for people that have been injured, but also for for the support staff. Like you need to know how important it is to to reach out to somebody. And, and like you said, you know, like you see the, the bombings and stuff like that. And, and after a couple of months, people forget. But, the, but these types of incidents show how important it is for, for people to continue the support. Like if you can't do it every day, you know, once a week, check in and, and, and get together in a group and be like, all right, today I can, t- this week is my week. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like those types of things is this story is, is, is for not only the people that were injured, but for those people that support, it does count. And it does matter. Yeah. And, and, you know, never, it, this goes, uh, you know, hand in hand. You know, for me, it took me a while to, you know, ask for help. Mm-hmm. And you never want to ask for help. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's so important. Um, and then it's, on the other hand, you know, ask if they need help. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure in many situations, no, no, we got it. We can do it on our own. We got it. We got it. We got it. And many times that is not the case. Right. It's not the truth. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I remember that, that first summer we, when I got home, you know, we had chicken parm and pasta stacked in the downstairs fridge full <laughs> and, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, it, it took a lot off my parents. Um, I, I have a sister who is a year and a half uh, younger than me. But it you know made things easier for her. Um, yeah, they're super lucky, super lucky with that group. And 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 before I knew it, we were halfway through. You know, March led to April, April led to May, mm-hmm. and I found my and I found myself home uh, May fifth, and that well, that was an important time for me. You know, being able to see everyone con- consistently and constantly, and um, just being back in the hometown and. Uh, that that was that was good. That was special. Well, 
to have that friends and family support group, obviously that's what you're crediting as is a way that you could sort of get over the hump and and move past it. And and I think that's an important message for everyone, which is as you just mentioned, Scott, like you know, don't just think that it's that it, that it's okay. I mean, you were lucky enough, Matt, to have that support group, but not everybody has that. And so, you know, you need to reach out. You need to do a little bit more as much as you can in 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 figure out if someone's in need to to lend that hand and even to per- pursue it a little bit further and say, I'm going to help you no matter what, because that's what you're going to need. And, and that's what's going to get you over the hump. And, and so people need to hear that message. And, and it doesn't need to be, you know, a, a spinal cord injury that mm-hmm. causes you to reach out. It could be, right. It could be that they, that, you know, Drugs and alcohol. Yeah, or or, like or just you haven't heard from them in a while, and and you know that something might not be right. You reach out to them, and it, it could change the, change the day around. And and that's what one of the biggest things that have that we've kind of adopted through this is you know we're not looking years down the road anymore, months down the road. It's day by day, yeah. mm-hmm. hour by hour. Right. If we're having a good day, let's keep up what we're doing. We're having a good hour, keep up what we're doing. We're having a bad day. Figure out what 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 can change it. That's getting out back uh, on the deck, getting some fresh air, um, and and understand that we're human. You know, mm-hmm. good days and bad days come. Um, but uh, you know, I've been so lucky with this friend group and and family and 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 who I have around me is that good days and bad days. The bad days are are so far and few between that it's almost non-existent, and and that's. That's where I give all my I owe all my credit and thanks to them is that um, it's 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 been a long twelve years, um, but without them, I shudder at the thought of where I would be in um, what the last twelve years would have looked like without them. And so it looks like it's a. Uh- you know, that's the whole reason why you started the foundation. That's how I was going to get into. Like, now you're you know? able to exactly. get a spot where you're giving back by your foundation. Yeah. So, so I, I was able to, I was able to graduate high school with my, with my, um, diploma on time, right? On time with my friends. It's awesome. That's and, great. you know, having gone to middle, uh, middle school and kindergarten with all of them, um, I, I couldn't imagine you mm-hmm. know, graduating with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my sister was a year and a half younger than me. And there was no way she was going to let me graduate with her. <laughs> so she said, you better get to work the, that summer and, and graduate. Um, I want I, my own time. <laughs> then went on to college and it was, it was, it was a thought of, it was the thought of kind of, you know, the friends are talking about college, you know, going into senior year, what's going to hold me back. And I've been so lucky. Um, so lucky that I got to go with them, uh, that I, that I, that I was familiar with Stonehill. My aunt, still coaches women's basketball down there. She's been down there 20 years. Oh, okay. um, so I, so I knew the call from visiting in it and it was great. And um, graduate finished college, um, started writing the book. And then the message that, you know, kept coming up in the book was the thought of a foundation. And, and I knew that, um, you know, we can go back to college and, and the book and stuff, but um, during that time writing the book, I I had been so lucky. I have this village behind me that has gotten me to, you know, where I was today through high school, graduating college, writing the book. I was like, I knew I've seen so many, so many folks that have, you know, through this, um, that have, you know, gone into 
um, journey forward that, or just through a shepherd center or other expos, um, facing the same challenges that I face, mm. their family facing the same same challenges that we faced, you know. But they don't have a support system there. They haven't been as lucky as um, as we have. And I thought, why not take the village I have behind me and see how many people we can become a small village for them. Um, oh, yeah. And and I knew. Uh, so launching the you know foundation was great. I, re- I recommend you know not launching in the middle of a pandemic because, <laughs> because there were you know it took a while for us to get a single event under our belt. Right. Uh, but we had an unbelievable support system that even in those early days they donated, they you know raised awareness, and we were able to um, you know help out uh, a few folks even before wow. our first event. And now with with two marathons. Two golf tournaments and soon to be a uh, soon to be the Falmouth Road Race. You know we're really starting to head in the right direction, and um, we're in a position where we just helped uh, a woman uh, who was hurt in 1975. She had driven a van for the last 20 years, from 2001 to to 2021. Uh, for 20 years, she drove the, drove the same van, and it finally crapped out on her. Mm. And uh, she said that you know for years she was. Uh, very lucky, had good support system, and felt like she had some independence. And when she lost the van, it felt like everything oh, sure. just crumbled in front of her. So she reached out to us, and uh, the process started in February, and it took a little bit longer than we would have hoped. But we finally gave her the keys uh, uh, the week before our golf tournament. Wow. She was able oh, to. That's uh, awesome. Oh, that's a, that's a that's a great story. She was able to get her, uh, her van, and um, a, a smile never left her face that day. Never left my face that day, and um, so that's why we do it. It's yeah. what a feeling, huh? It, it, it was really cool. It was uh, it was special, and uh, she was very, very, very happy. Well, that's fantastic. See, those are the stories you want to hear. You don't hear those anymore, right? Know? So, it's so inspirational, and and obviously, your your work with the foundation is something I'm sure you're very proud of. But uh, you know, speaking of sort of inspirational. As uh, as Steve started off to sort of introduce you, Matt, like being an inspirational speaker and and being able to to go to a a crowd and and tell your story and and really just try and touch the lives of others in that in that sort of way. Can you sort of describe how that feels at this point? Because, again, you know, being able to have the kind of story you have, go get over the hump and and maybe be able to help someone in a in a similar situation who's whatever for whatever reason you mentioned it might might not be a spinal cord injury but just in general having an issue and just being able to get over that hump and you being the catalyst to make that happen how does that make you feel so what it it, it, it's special and and it's you know getting the messages that we have received it's it's really really special and, and it's why i do it um we really saw it when the book came out. Um, I think we wrote the book for the kids that are 14 to 25, the kids going through middle school, high school and college, facing those everyday challenges that come their way and, and the tough times and the, all right, stay tough, never quit. But not long after it was released, we were getting messages from you know, folks in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s that we're finding little messages in it that um, really clicked and 
and getting the getting the messages we received about how the book was helping them with their fight for sobriety or or their battle with depression and and realizing that they could do it too and um, it's not easy. Um, I don't know if I can you know adequately describe mm. that feeling and reading that message and you know laying down at night and thinking about that before you go to bed. It's 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 an amazing feeling. It's a special feeling. Um, but I don't think I have the the right words capable to describe that. Um, it, it's why I do it. It's why I. Um, it's why I poured some of the darkest moments of my life into that book. Um, you know, it, going back and thinking about those moments, it wasn't easy. Um, it, it, at times it wasn't fun. Um, but I did it so people could read it and see, all right, if he can do it, so can I. Right. And, hmm. and it's not going to be easy. But if you take the motto day by day, hour by hour, you know, it's it makes a lot more things that seem undoable doable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, hour by hour, day by day, minute by minute, you're just taking little chunks, making it into something doable instead of having something looks like a mountain. When you get to climb this mountain, now you just break it up in little sections. Step by step by step. Exactly. You're living the Patriot way over there, Matt. That is exactly what we've been, uh, you know, fortunate to to see. I mean, obviously, sports fan, not only hockey, I'm sure I see a football helmet up here, too. I mean, you know, the Pats and and the way that they have um, done their business over the last 20 years, it's kind of like that, you know, day by day. Game, you know, game one game at a time, right? You know, we're on to Cincinnati. Just do <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati. Just do your job. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's amazing how much you've you've accomplished in in twelve years. You know, like like you said, you you finished high school on time, which is still baffling <laughs> to me um, after going through such a traumatic uh, situation. So that right there to me is is incredible. Um, but then to, to continue and, and get your education and, and continue and and do something like the foundation and and get out there and 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 be out there and in enjoy. those marathons. Yes, yes. Boston enjoy. Marathon, New exactly. York Marathon. You know, going back to like the the college real quick. Sure. Um, it was a similar feeling that I thought about going down to uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. You know, leaving Norwood for the two years that I had with. The friends and, and and support system. I thought, man, going down to college, I'm going to lose it all. I'm going to. It, it's it's not going to work. Um, and those first three weeks were incredibly hard. Mm. Um, and I was down there with, with my roommate Austin, who played um, little league and, and learned to skate with. And and I've known him since I was six years old. But it was it was really hard. Mm. Um, but the more I started to look around, um, we had a, a team down there for me with with campus police and um, academic services and facilities, right. and everyone wanted you know to make it work. And before you know it, days got easier, mm. you know, weeks got easier. Uh, and going back down for second semester, I didn't you know I, I couldn't wait to get back. And right. and the same thing happened. Uh, sophomore year and junior year, and I was repeatedly told that you know you don't got to do college in four years. 
I think I have an uncle that's still going to college right now. Um, but <laughs> it took me forever. <laughs> well, th- that's a shout out to Brian Brown. Um, um, but there's a, uh, I, was, I was repeatedly told that, you know, you don't got to do it in four years. And when I got to junior year, I, I, I looked around and I saw, had the same feeling of when I was in, in high school that there were friends I was making that I couldn't imagine right. graduating with anyone else. So I did it. I graduated in four years. I lived on campus all four years. Um, and that was a feat that I nearly crossed off my list the night I got hurt, thinking right. there's no way college. Um, but yeah, and, and it's about being active mm-hmm. and, and staying active, and, and which leads into the marathons. And when Luke came by that day, Lucas Carr uh, from Norwood um, was an Army Ranger, I think got out... Uh, in like 08 or 09, I was starting in 2010, um, owns Pathfinder tree business. So if anyone needs trees taken out, call, call <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, the problem with Luke is that you got to make sure you tell him over and over which ones you want to keep and which ones you want out. <laughs> um, You'll come home from work and you'll be like, where are all my trees? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but he, he stopped by and said, um, you know, would Matt ever want to run the marathon? And this was fall of 2011, marathon for 2012. And I said, yes, absolutely. Said yes before I even knew how it was going to work. Right. Didn't know if he was going to carry me. Didn't know if he was going to push me in this in, in my wheelchair now. Uh, but before you knew it, we had a racing chair. Mm. We did we did Hyannis in February because we had to qualify. Just had to finish, get one under our belt. Um, but then uh, Boston was in April of 2012. And it was 95 degrees. <laughs> I think it's the first, <laughs> wow. first or second hottest on record for the Boston Marathon, um, and it, it was dangerous hot. You know, right. looking back on it, probably wouldn't do it again. Uh, but since that time, you know, we finished four hours, fifty nine minutes, and fifty nine seconds. That's so, great. Uh, that was our official timing. Um, since then, we've ran it in gorgeous weather. We ran, we've run it in you know forty in rain. We ran it in twenty eighteen with a torrential downpour. Um, so we, we, have done it and everything. And we, we set out at the beginning to, you know, to one day run it for the foundation, our own foundation. In the meantime, you know, when, when we couldn't do it, we didn't have a foundation set. We did it for, uh, Boston Bruins foundation and, uh, ran for the Travis Roy foundation and, uh, raised awareness there. And, um, uh, the Leary, the Leary firefighter fund down in New York city, um, and all those were special and all those organizations do unbelievable work. Uh, but this last fall, uh, having a team of myself and Luke with one bib, um, and Mary Kate Galvin, a girl that I went to school with since, uh, in kindergarten oh. to, uh, to have her run her first marathon for the foundation and for us to all be together for our first run for the foundation, um, was super special and, um, very lucky with. Excuse me. Uh, very lucky that, you know, Luke, you know, still 12 years later. It's been, still puts up with you. It's still puts up. <laughs> you, know, you know, the days that I can't run, it seems like every lead up to every marathon, I'm sick. Yep. You know, he throws 200 pounds worth of concrete bags really? in the chair, you know, runs, you know, 10, 12 miles with them, then goes down to lift. And um, he's a... Uh, He's a specimen of, you know, that's not of uh, normal 
human right. being. Mm-hmm. He's, he's great. And um, the families and the foundation is extremely lucky to have him. Right. So <clears throat> what's your training consist of? Like eating a lot of salads? You must have to lose some weight for so, him, right? So I, Make I, it a little lighter? I, stopped, I, I, I switched to light beer. <laughs> I switched to light beer and vodka. I cut out. Man after my own heart. Cut out, uh, oh, yeah. cut no, out desserts. No uh, no more Twinkies. <laughs> meanwhile, deep fried Twinkies. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Luke's doing two a days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every little bit helps. That's all that matters. Yeah. Right? So the title of your book is Line Change, right? Like you said, it was a message to all the kids out there. And we highly recommend it. You know, if yeah, anybody that's like, you know. Like you said, anything that needs to do with uh, injuries or rehab or, you know, you're just feeling down on yourself, make sure you go out there, check out the book. It's very inspirational. A lot of little messages in there. Yeah. And um, one of the coolest things that has happened is that there's been some schools in the area that have had it as an option for their summer reading. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, which has been mm. super cool. And yeah, um, I went, I went and talked to a few schools um, that the ones that red line change and, um, you know, normally I go in and no one knows the story. So I get to talk to them from the beginning. And now when I, when these kids read it, it's, we, so they, the story is fresh to them. It's really cool to have the conversation that way. Yeah. Um, but just to have these, have it be an option, just, for these kids to pick up on the messages, it's really, really cool. I'm uh, I uh, that's something that's special to my heart that these kids can read for a summer reading and and actually enjoy it, which which is great. Now, was that an offshoot of I? I believe you got a communications major, right? Is that correct? So it started as business, okay, and the numbers in financial accounting got way too big. <laughs> um, so I switched to I switched to. English and there was way too much reading in English. Oh my god! Um, so uh, switched to uh, communication. So I learned how to talk good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> talk good. Uh, um, yeah, communications was great and a um, lot of fun. And, and the best about best thing about Stonehill is that um, you know I took a I got some of those basic math classes underneath my belt, but it, it being liberal arts that you could pick and choose and kind of get, you know, a little bit of everything. I, I, I took a poetry class. I took a, a, a gerontology class and, and, um, but ended up with communication. So you're just going to sweep that under the rug. What the heck is gerontology? <laughs> it's, so, so gerontology, Let's just skip that. <laughs> gerontology, it's like the, um, it's like the course of aging. So my, okay. my, my professor said, basically, you know, just look up, he, he was an older gentleman he said, you come to class and just watch me get older and die. And it was <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah, it, it was great. And, and Professor Dolan was not probably my, my, my favorite pers- professor that I had down there. Um, but it was good. It, you, know, you learned about, learned everything. And um, so communication studies got, was what I got to go, uh, go across the stage for. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Stonehill is a really, really great school. So I'm sure you had a great time while you were there. I did. Um, had to keep a few stories out of the book. Yeah, I'm sure. Had to keep a few stories out of the book, but um, you know, to be there, pushed out of my comfort zone for the four years, mm. um, and get a, 
a little bit of that independence back. Um, learning that I could do it and learning what I was capable of was bigger and more important than any degree yeah. um, that I got. And you know, d- don't tell, <laughs> don't tell my parents. <laughs> that, but, um, but being able to realize that I could do it yeah. and, and find out what I was capable of yeah. um, was the icing on the cake. And I think to me that like, that's more like my daughter, she's, she's a, a senior in communications um, and she moved away uh, by herself, no friends or anything like that. So just your story about college and getting through how you got through to knowing how she felt even going to college uh, without any of those limitations, but just the worries that she had as well. And people to be like, you know, if, stories out there like people can do this and 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 i'm not alone and 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 that means i can do it too and and that's that's to me it's like and that's what she has learned from all this is more than what her degree is going to be which is in communications just learning to be out there and and that amazement is to put yourself out there and and look what you can do you know despite the or or regardless of the degree you're out there telling your story and, and you're, you're, you're um, supporting people and, and, and amazing people and, and really prom- uh, promoting uh, people to get out there and, and do stuff for themselves. And, and that to me, that's, it's just amazing to me, just listening even more and more sitting here talking to you. It's a, it's, it's a continuation of uh, never stop getting it. You know, that's what it's all about. Never stop getting it. No matter what it, goes it is. Back. It goes back. It comes all <laughs> and, around to that. Doesn't it? And it, it was a big time sure for for everyone it's 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 a it's a learning experience yeah. you're gonna take some punches on the chin but it's just to keep going forward that's it. You know, and keep, oh, yeah. keep keep moving forward and um um yeah so i was i was very very happy and very you know proud of myself to uh to graduate and to get that degree and um and then write the book and launch the foundation it's it's been um it's been it's funny. You look back; it's been twelve years, and there's some days where you think, "Man, this has been a marathon." And then there's some days it's gone. You think of it; it's gone by in a blink of an eye. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No one you can do it. No one you can't do it. There's only one way to find out, right? Try it out. Speaking of which, how about the Patriots? What are you thinking, Matt? <sighs> um. <laughs> It's it's I, I had to I'm, throw it in there. No, I, 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 I'm excited. I I I get more, and I think you get more nervous yep. now. You know, not having Tom Brady back there. Um, but the reports are coming out that there's a high energy that the team looks pretty good. Um, it'll be a grind, but I don't see how they. You know, you can't count out 11 wins. No, um, no. can't count out 11 wins. The, the division. And the conference got a lot harder yes. uh, with some of the with some of the uh, moves this off season. But to be the best, you gotta you gotta beat the best. That's so. it, absolutely. Ric Flair, right? And and, and guess what? The you know, Giants, those fucking Giants. Twenty years. <laughs> I mean, it's been twenty years of domination in Bill. We trust, right? I mean, as much as you you you're right, Matt. You see Tom Brady not not there, not with us. But at the same time, um, you never know. You know, you never know when it yeah. comes when it comes to the to the ownership, to the to the coach, to the players. Uh, you know, we we can't underestimate what the possibilities are there. And uh, and and I know a lot of the pundits out there 
the so-called experts when it comes to the NFL are probably saying, yeah, the Pats aren't going to be that good this year. But uh, let's see him. Let's see him prove every one one of those guys wrong. What do you think? Well, well, that idiot Max Kellerman said the same, <laughs> said the same thing about Tom. So multiple times. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. I, I don't. You know, I, don't listen to the pundits before the before the season starts. Yeah, I uh, do like Max in, in boxing. He's an excellent boxing anal- oh, analyst. Yeah. But other other things, he goes a little too far. No, they, they must have gone <laughs> in the room and. Pulled straws and said, "All right, Max, it's your day to say <laughs> Who's something." Who's going to say something? Yes. <laughs> it's, your day, <laughs> it's your day to say something stupid for the clicks. Yep. yep. And he tucked his tail and said, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> my turn." So, so Matt, uh, how about the Bruins? I mean, I, I look around here. There's a lot of uh, Bruins memorabilia. You have uh, Patrice Bergeron on the wall over there, signed autograph portrait. So, do you think he's? Do you think uh, Bergeron's coming back? And and what are the what are the Bruins going to look like this year? New so, head coach, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so Patrice, when I first opened my eyes at in Children's Hospital, Patrice was uh, his, his jersey was the first jersey that was there hanging above my bed, wow. and wow. with it was a uh, was a handwritten note. And, you know, this is twelve years ago. So Patrice is uh, twenty four then. Wow. Twenty three, twenty four. Took time out of his day to mm. you know reach out to a kid that really needed it. Um, and since then, I've been lucky, you know, lucky enough to change uh, from super fan to friend, and, mm-hmm. and being able to see him um, year after year when we go in, um, we check in on him, he checks in on me. To have something like that in your corner is it, it's special. And through him and through Luke and uh, Andrew Ferens, he wrote the forward to to line change. Okay. Um, he has he he was. Uh, you know, Patrice is kind of that friend to friend. Uh, Ferenc was that big brother to little brother, where he'd rip on me and and I, I, I mean, we'd rip on each other. Um, but those guys have been so special to see them and 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 become um, close with them. Just going to the games and you, you go through the tunnel underneath and they check in on you, see how you're doing. And then for them to win that Stanley Cup in 2011, a year after I got hurt, it it was another thing that kind of was basically a, a jetpack on my sails oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, to get me going. And and so who knows? You know, uh, I, I hope Patrice comes comes back. And you know, there's talks about Krejci, and um, I think if they do come back, this will be like their last window with the last hurrah with the group and. Um, Postdocs due for a big payday. Absolutely. Um, and v- deservable, but they gave McAvoy a big payday. Um, mm-hmm. They gave Allmark a lot of money. Tuka's uh, gone. Tuka's gone. And, you know, there's, it's that, that GM office, they better have a guy, you know, <laughs> punching the calculator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he make every, making every penny fit. Because uh, they're going to be in a, they're going to be in an interesting spot. But who knows? Who knows? That's hockey's a game where it's just make the playoffs, right? Make the playoffs, oh. and and anything can happen, right? Get hot at that time, right? Anything can happen. Hot goalie, and uh, you know everyone's clicking at that point. Sure. And yeah, it, it, yeah, probably more in hockey than any other sport. That's sort of the way it, it goes. So get to the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. So next on the list. Kevin Durant, Celtics. 
What do you think? You want them? So they just went, they were two games away from winning the, the whole thing. The whole thing. And their team probably got a little bit better with some of the moves. Bringing, what's his name? Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably got a little bit better. Now you're pissing off Jalen Brown, throwing him in every trade rumor. If you don't get Durant and Jalen Brown's been thrown under, thrown into every trade, how is he going to feel coming back? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do do you get rid of do you get rid of Smart with Jalen Brown to get him? What does that do to your bench? And right now, all my friends out there are listening to this thinking, Maddie, Maddie hoops, <laughs> Maddie Brown. Maddie hoops? <laughs> um, no, I am just uh, taking everything that they've said in our group message and saying it for myself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it your own. Make it your own. But, uh, but who knows? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I want him. I mean, it's a four-year deal, a lot of money with Durant. No, yeah. Jalen Brown, you get for two more. But like you said, you know, if he's butthurt, he wants that, out, what good is it for two more years, you know? Does Durant put you over that two-game? It depends if he's still Durant. He could. But if he's not Durant no more, he's at that age. You never know. You yeah. might only get Durant for one more. Are you selling out for a championship? Mm. Could be. Well, that's what yeah. they always do, though. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll of course, take that. Of chance. course, we will. We'll we'll always sell out for. I a think how fortunate we've been, honestly. When isn't it, that what the Red Sox did forever? Yes. No. yes. Win the championship and they go to shit the next year. So I was, yeah. I was seventeen years old by the time all four major teams mm-hmm. had won a championship. Right. Um, and at that point, someone had won multiple. Yeah. In the, what's that seventeen in the ten years after that. I've seen another multiple championship, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, it truly is title town. Yes, um, of truly is title town, and for the next twenty years, I don't know if we'll see anything like it anywhere. Um, but at least we have it under our belt. Yes, yes. You know what's <laughs> the best? Kids that are out there that, that don't know what it is to. I mean, we to lose. Like we're we a little did. bit older. Yeah, so we're, right we're, we're older. So yeah. yeah, we 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 were we were not title town when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But the best thing about it is, Boston's done it. But then you have states that have two teams in each sport, and yeah. they can't even do it. You know, it's it's, it's uncanny. But <clears throat> I bring up the Red Sox, but why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are, are they are they are they buying or are they selling at the uh, trade deadline? What do you think, Matt? Don't what do you care. want them to do? Don't care, fast. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. No, no. I, I yeah. playoff playoff anything is great, and I'll watch. Um, there a few years ago, I watched. Uh, like 16 and 17, I found myself watching a lot of the Red Sox. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's, there's a lot. Yeah. It's slow really moving game. Yeah. It's a slow moving game. A hundred something games. Um, yep. um, you know, if they were to, if they were to sell and, or, and bring in a few huge names this off season, I will watch a lot more games next year, but the way that they're kind of messing with Bogart's endeavors, it's, it's, it's tough. And, they want to be the Rays, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're a huge market team. Yep. How much does it cost for a, a family of four to go into those, <laughs> in, in to watch a game? Yeah, I was just telling these guys. I, I went to the Yankees game uh, a few weeks ago at Fenway. It was a Saturday. Went out to eat, and of course, I come outside. And I want a sausage and pepper too. $15.50, and that's outside the stadium. You know, that's not even inside. It's it's incredible. Someone tell John Henry to pay. <laughs> pay the players. Pay the luxury tax. Let's win a championship. 
Yeah, our money's got to be going somewhere. Yeah. Did you really need a, a, a sausage and, and, and peppers after you just went out to eat? Well, it, was, it was mostly going out drinking. All right, let's be fair about it. An appetizer and drinking. I just went out to eat, but then I, I came out and I went, I, went, I went and tried to buy a sausage. Like, well, what'd you have to eat then? Jesus. An appetizer. You needed something to absorb everything. Yeah. yeah. You, you needed something to absorb all that alcohol. Speaking of alcohol, we're sitting here right now and uh great place matt because I'm, I'm staring at a whole bunch of booze here on the bar and uh it looks great what a what a what a nice spot for us to to do the podcast here today but aside from the booze which is making me thirsty by the way john's nickname is the booze bag um <laughs> i i i yeah i am we're staring at naked women Around the uh, pictures, the, the bar area. Yeah, not actual. Not actual. Oh yeah, that's true. Na- well, yeah. <laughs> pictures. Well, come on. Jeez. Did you really have to tell him that? No, it's it. No, yeah, because I know the pic- the face I'm gonna get when I <laughs> we're staring at naked women. Uh, yeah, no. So, can you tell us a story of why we're staring at naked pictures of Absolutely. women right now? So, there's a local watering and hole, watering hole in uh, Norwood called Lewis's Lewis's Bar and Grill. That's what um, I was talking about. And my uh, my dad used to bartend there. A lot of my uncles used to bartend there. My uncle Chris still bartends there, and uh, and it is a um, <laughs> it is uh, as we like to call it the center of the universe. Because um, anyone that hears Norwood knows Lewis's. So these pictures that we're looking at, there's four of them. Um, they're what are they? Eighteen by twenty four on the wall right here. They are four feet by six feet uh, on the front bar inside <laughs> Lewis's. And the funniest part was for I, I did I'd been going there since real young, um, and I was always told to keep the head down yeah. and, and sit against the, <laughs> and and sit against the wall. And for the longest time, I ne- I never knew why I had to sit against the wall. And then I saw that there was a mirror behind the bar, and I was able to catch a glimpse one day, and I thought. Okay, this place is pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Lewis is a place where um, in first grade, uh, we were asked to uh, write about in our in our journals why why we love our mom, why we love our dad. And I wrote, um, I love my mom because she makes me uh, cookies and, and, and treats and, and cupcakes. I love my dad because he takes me at Lewis's. Uh, that's awesome. To, uh, uh, oh, it's a phone call. <laughs> takes me at Lewis's to play the football card. Uh, uh, play yeah. Football card right under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and, and chicken fingers and fries. Yeah. Get a phone call for that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. It was good, though. When I told um, that I was talking to you, I worked with a guy from Wellesley, and I told him I was coming out to Norwood. He said, you got to stop. At Lewis's, try the hamburgers. I'm like, okay, I'll see it. Good, good burgers over there. They, they they got they've got great. They've always had good food. And um, man, Tropa Joe Tropiano is um, he's been the chef up there and the head cook up there for you know a couple years now, and has really you know transferred uh, trans um, transferred the uh, changed the menu to something really special, and you can go for a. Go for a brunch burger or a Lewis burger, mm-hmm. um, and get an OVC. Um, oh, okay, an orange Rocky Collins. It's orange oh, juice, orange juice, Tito's, and a uh, little simple syrup, uh, shaken with uh, shaken with care, and can barely taste anything going down. So sold. 
<laughs> I think we should do it. We are, a vodka. There will <laughs> be a, a future episode where we discuss a review. We're going to review Lewis's yeah. yes. or a, or a future episode from one of the tables at Lewis's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. yeah. And, Wait, no, somebody can hook that up. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and let's see how long. How long before one of us gets shut off? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's planned. A, that's a, that's a oh, battle that's right probably, there. Yeah. These two guys Looks like John might, I mean, yeah. Scott might be first to get shut off. Yeah, I probably yeah. will be. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. that, it's a toss up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting thirsty and hungry right now. <laughs> All right. So, Matt, you got anything else you want to add? You got no. anything you're promoting? Uh, what do we got? Let's, let's go back uh, yeah. over that stuff. So, um, listen, the, uh, I'm lucky enough to have my name on the foundation. Um, but it's really, you know, all that we've done is it's it's come from everyone that has um, has supported us, um, has supported our marathon teams, has supported our golf tournament. So without them, there would be no helping Grayson, uh, Beauregard, or AJ Keta uh, or um, Marie Conway. Um, the realistic truth is that there's going to be another Marie down the road. Right. Or, or someone else that needs our help. So um, if you've been inspired, if 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 you want to help out, always head to our um, head to our website, the Matt Brown Foundation dot uh, um, You can learn more about us. There's a, a big bright yellow donate button on the top right, <laughs> um, and I thank you in advance for your generosity and support. Um, line change, line change is still out there and. Um, we had a really great 2019 with it getting released. Um, we had a great fall tour in 2019 and then 2020 happened and it kind of, it, it made a lot of people want to read. Um, so we were able to get the story out there and a lot of messages out there. Um, but, um, bias aside, I think it's a book that any age could read. Um, you'll find messages in there about, um, never quit. Um, and it's just time to never quit, overcome, and forever forward. And so, yeah, those are the two big things. It's the foundation and the book. Just uh, Steve's a Marine, so he may have to need someone to read it for him. But in a roofer, uh, I get what you're saying. The um, sound words out. You know, uh, it's on Audible. Oh, oh it's on Audible. All right, <laughs> and uh, books on tape. Books on tape, and uh, you, you can ask me. We might have a. Uh, uh, scratch and sniff uh, uh, <laughs> version around somewhere. All right. Well. I, I love scratch and sniff. Yeah. And Matt, Matt, you said thank you to everyone who's uh, obviously uh, doing the, the, the great work of the foundation, uh, contributing to the foundation. Um, but uh, honestly, I just want to say thank you to you uh, for being the inspiration that you are, for creating the foundation, and for doing all the work that you do. Uh, to make a difference in so many people's lives. So again, thank you so much. And, and not 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 to cut you off. I apologize. Not being afraid to get out there and tell you because I'm sure it's not easy to to go through everything every time someone asks you and and to relive and 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 you. It needs to be done, and it's not it's not easy, and, and it's great to have someone out there that's able to do it and do it the way you do it. Well, thank you. You know, we weren't. I wasn't dealt the cards I wanted, mm-hmm. but it's. Um, my job to make the best possible hand I can with it. So thank you. All right, guys, we got nothing else to add. We're going to close this one out. All right. So go ahead. Say goodbyes. Again, Matt, thank you very much. This has been great. And uh, we're, we're so fortunate to have you with us as a guest. 
and uh, look forward to the next time. So everyone out there, look at Matt as the the the, the motivation that he is, and 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 thanks uh, for listening. And we'll see you later. Booyah! Yes, we will be out there, and I can't wait for a future episode. He already Lewis's. We are on our way. <laughs> That's it. We need Matt's gonna have to hook us up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> a VIP booth. Well, we're just going there just to eat like normal people right now. <laughs> oh no, for the podcast. <laughs> for the though. podcast, yes. we will do that. And but yes, like John says, thank you, and and really, really, um, you totally. Uh, out, you blew out what I thought this was going to be and, and, and what I thought I was going to take from it. So I, I appreciate that. And out, everybody out there, um, whether it's an injury, like Matt says, or, or anything else, just there's people out there that are out there that, one, you can reach out to and draw inspiration from. And then on the, on the flip side, and, and more importantly, I think, is is for those that can reach out there to somebody and, and lend a hand. Absolutely. That's it. So, all right, everybody. Check out the book, The Line Change. Check out his website, mattbrownfoundation.org. And of course, come check him out during the Boston Marathon. It'll be some good times over there. And Matt, thank you for so much inviting us in your house, doing our podcast. Much appreciated. Thanks, guys. All right. Never again, stop getting it. Never stop getting never it. Never stop getting it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Never Stop Getting It podcast. And join the community on Facebook. Never Stop Getting It and Twitter at Never Stop Getting It and of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com